1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this is Into the Net FC, the greatest football podcast in the history of the world. My name is Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. the Bear of Texas. And for the first time in a long time, ladies and gentlemen, it's my honor to welcome back to the show one of the, one of the ones who started making this what it is today, ladies and gentlemen, Steve Adams. Steve, it has been too long.
2: It's been a while. Uh, Since since we've had a chance to get together on the pod, so uh, hope everybody's had a good, happy Monday. Hope everybody has done their Valentine's Day shopping
1: for that special person in their life. Yeah, and when I say, like, ladies and gentlemen, Steve was with me when I first started this show, because Steve used to come here regularly. We would would recap the Premier League and other other leagues, but... Now this show is just way beyond just simple talking about the the Premier Leagues. I mean, we're basically at a point to where we talk about anything, and our subject today is actually a little bit cheesy because it seems to me that they're thinking of bringing blue cards to the sport of football.
2: Well, it's it's an interesting subject because, well, they're wanting to basically do a different type of punishment, sort of like a... A timeout, if you will, for certain transgressions that are happening on the soccer field that are not really covered by the the red card. And I will add, though, that there's kind of a semi-precedence for this. Uh, when, I was, uh, when I was still living in Minnesota and I was a, a high school soccer referee uh, in the Minnesota State High School League, if you yellow carded a player... Uh, they had to sit down for 10 minutes. Really? Yeah. So, you know, so the this was something that the Minnesota State High School League was doing. I mean, they were light years ahead of FIFA. I mean, this is like the mid-1990s through the early knots, you know, when I was, you know, still refereeing a fair amount of soccer in Minnesota. So, you know, there's already a little bit of a precedence for the principle of it. Uh, They're just calling it a little differently. They're just going to give it a little different uh, nomenclature um, with that. And then also, too, there's similar precedents in rugby where if a player gets yellow carded in a rugby match, they get sinned in for 10 minutes. So I think for certain transgressions, uh, like cynical play and stuff like that, like the real classic where I think, Uh, where players get yellow carded all the time, but at the end of the day, there's no real punishment with the yellow card. What we refer to as the professional foul. Somebody is breaking away or they're about to break away with nothing but, you know, 40 or 50 meters of empty grass and the goaltender in front of them. And then a player will, you know, basically tackle or manhandle or haul a player down and they'll take that yellow card for the team. And in some ways you can say that, you know, the yellow card, it's not that much of a punishment. True. If you accumulate yellow cards, you'll miss a match. Or let's say you do a yellow cardable offense later on in the game, harsh tackle, uh, dissension with the referee, what have you. Um You can certainly get that second yellow, which will turn into the red. But uh, I I think it's an interesting idea. I have mixed feelings about it um, because I think, you know, the yellow and red card system, for the most part, has worked pretty well. Yeah. But, But I do think for, you know, some of this real professional fouls and stuff like that, where there's really, you know, some consequence, to that professional foul, not just the yellow card, where it's like, okay, you're going to have to sit for 10 minutes. Um, I think that's, that is something that may make players think twice. I think they still might do it because I think rather than giving up a clear goal situation, just like how in ice hockey, somebody will do what amounts to a professional foul, like a trip or what have you, and they'll take the two-minute tripping call in the in the penalty box in the NHL. So I think sometimes I think players will still, given their druthers of giving up a, a sure goal versus, okay, well, my team's going to play down a man for 10 minutes, I think they'll still probably do the fouls. But they may think twice about it, though.
1: They may, and th- this whole thing kind of seems like it's a hockey kind of concept. I mean, our friend on Twitter, uh, Rebecca Arnold, I-, I think when she first mentioned this, she's basically mentioning that you know she doesn't, she doesn't even recognize the sport anymore. I think to to be really
2: honest with you, I think the thing that I would much, much rather see happening now is any time that there's a significant call in the game and you've got four or five players in the in the referees' face, this shit has gotta stop. It's gotten too old. Uh one of the things that I'd like to see them do in soccer that they do in rugby is that the only person in rugby who can address the official is the team captain.
1: Yeah. You know what? Yeah, absolutely. But, but I think if,
2: but I really think truly, if the, the various associations, whether it's, you know, the FA or in England or uh Liga en France or in the Bundesliga, if the, if the powers that be give the authority to the referees that, Hey, If you got four or five guys that are in your grill whining and moaning because they disagree with a call, card them. Put them all in the freaking book and just card the entire lot of them. I think if you start doing that, uh, I I think it's it's one of those aspects in soccer that I find repulsive. Uh, The only thing that drives me even more nuts is the – uh, Neymar jr. Simulation rolling around five or six oh. times on the ground, you know, as if they were thrown out of a speeding car, you know, with minimal contact that the entire injury simulation thing has gotten to be just so out of hand. Uh, that's one it's of the insulting things really...
1: to some players. If you ask me, especially because I'll never forget when you show me that video, how, oh, how back in the day, how the late great Diego Maradona used to get like so badly hit I feel like when Neymar does that, it's definitely an insult to what Diego Maradona went through back in his day. Well, the referees really did not
2: protect the stars back then. Um, The players of nowadays, uh, Ronaldo and uh, Messi, part of the reason those two have been able to have such long careers, on top of the fact they also have taken incredible care of themselves and have had taken advantage of the best updates in professional training, nutrition, et cetera. But you have to say though, too, they have been much more protected by officials, uh, as far as yellow and red carding, you know, any, any fouls on them. But I mean, some of the stuff that Maradona used to be on the receiving end of just horrifically bad tackles when he was, uh, playing with Barcelona, yeah, Koakachea uh, was a Bilbao defender that just broke his leg. on uh, Just a really nasty tackle from behind. And then when he was playing Syria A with Napoli for those several years. But uh, his his body took a pounding. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, he also didn't help himself either by all the late night partying and blowing coke. But, I mean, his joints really did suffer terribly and he wasn't protected. But back to the original point of of cards and trying to get some semblance of control of the games i think it's i think it's something that rugby does right that you just limit the person who's going to address the official as the captain from each team and then if you're going to have people on the squad several of them coming up and getting in a referee's grill i mean when i was refereeing high school soccer I didn't hesitate at all. If I had more than a couple players that were, you know, whining, moaning, getting in my grill or a coach or something like that, I didn't hesitate to card them. I just, I guess with the rugby background, I just wasn't going to put up with that stuff and I really didn't have to to deal with a whole lot of that. Um, But I do think there is precedence, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, a lot more than people realize. Um, and I mean, we've got examples of it in rugby. Uh, we have examples of it already in high school soccer. But uh, but I, I think it's an interesting concept. But I know a lot of traditionalists are just absolutely losing their freaking minds with this whole discussion of uh, introducing the blue card. I don't think I'm totally against it. Um, I don't. Maybe there could be a different solution rather than the blue card. Is just having a different class of yellow card is under the framework of the yellow card. Okay, you're going to sit for ten minutes. I don't think I don't think it's that difficult to do. Um, but we'll see. But I think they will talk more about it in March, as is, is what I read.
1: Yeah. Right now, it, it, it's set to undergo a trial, and I believe it'll it'll last. I would say until the late late year late months of of this year, but I read that for now they're gonna utilize the trial for like the lower leagues for like the third or fourth tier of of English football. Right now it's not they're not gonna do it in the Premier League, but you know right now look and you're right like when, when all these players get in, in in the ref's face and you know go and, and babble and babble and babble, well. There should be. I mean, they got. They got, They got to maintain law and order in the sport because they can't let the players, you know, intimidate the ref. Like in other words, they can't let the inmates run the asylum. Well, that's what's kind of happened too, and and I mean, the other real part too is,
2: I mean, these histrionic sessions. I mean, they could last, you know, you know, five, six, seven minutes, where you would you would rather be watching. Mohamed Salah or Hauling or you know one of these great players with the EPL, you you would rather be watching them do their magic than having the camera being focused on four or five guys from a team, you know, whining and bitching to the referee, and it takes up a lot of time. It's a drag. It's a buzzkill.
1: It does too. It do and you you mentioned the camera. Like it, like imagine if if Holland if Erling Haaland finds himself in the blue card situation and he's putting in the, well, I would imagine like, let's like let, let you hop to him. He's put in the box for 10 minutes. Could you imagine how many times the camera is going to zoom in and focus on the guy?
2: <laughs> It'll happen, but, but I mean, yeah, but I mean, it also happens at the NHL too. I mean, every now and then while the power play is going on, you know, they'll look at the forlorn player or players stuck in the, stuck in the penalty box. But, um, but I, I think it's an interesting concept. I don't think I would totally throw out the concept. I think the the question is going to be more the the implementation, and then of course the other part of it too is that if you know, <coughs> two two blues equal a red, yeah, it's like two yellows equal a red, uh, and that's and that's the same in rugby too. You get two yellows at in a in a rugby match you're gone. You got that red, you're, you're down. So, um, but I, I do think like the class of yellow that I, I think is to me is just tailor made for the blue card are these instances of the professional foul that take away breakaways opportunities um, on the field. So, but, uh, but that's sort of how I felt about it. But, you know, I I was thinking about the other day when, the subject came out, and it's like, well, oh, shit, I more or less already was doing that refereeing soccer years ago when we were living in Minnesota. We just didn't call it a blue card. It's just then the yellow card was just an automatic sit and take 10. I mean,
1: so right now, like, I'm willing to go through the trial but I, I but at the same time, they make the official decision. I feel like they got to go through the trial in the Premier League. But if this goes through, this is not just going to be in England. I mean, this is going to be all over the world. I mean, this is going to go from in France to Italy to Germany to Spain to the United States, you know, to the leagues in South America. You know, because right now we have a lot of problems with the video assistant referee. I mean, so what worries me, Steve, is that if the VER is already causing a lot of problems – I get the feeling that the blue card may cause even more problems, which which only increases the chaos, and I think we've had enough chaos in the sport, as en- enough as it is.
2: Yeah, it's true, and it's funny, because one of the things I used to tell people is that I don't understand why VAR seems to have so much trouble in getting things right in the EPL, where you have... It doesn't seem like there's nearly the level of controversy with VAR in Liga, Serie A, uh, La Liga, the Bundesliga. There doesn't seem to be nearly, uh, yeah, no, right, the amount of the amount of uh, vitriol and complaining about VAR. Um, but uh, but but even a sport like rugby, which once upon a time, I used to feel that rugby had it really, really well done, that there were fewer problems with the VAR. But I tell you, from that last rugby <laughs> World Cup in France back in September, uh, there was a lot of controversy around some of the decisions that came out of VAR. And then um, people who watched the very end of the France-Scotland rugby match the other day, you know, VAR took forever where it sure looked like Scottish player grounded the ball for a try, but the VAR said no try and France ended up winning a very, very close game. So, um, so I guess problems with VAR it's, it's, it's not a, it's not a total panacea. Um, it's, it's not as much of a panacea as I used to think for rugby. It clearly as has been a problem in the EPL. Um, I mean, all you have to do if you're on any number of soccer boards um, on social media, I mean, after every weekend there's, you know, any, any one of a number of fan bases that are just absolutely losing their minds over some of the decisions that VAR came up with. And, but I will also say though, too, for VAR, I mean the one thing where I think it gets quite a bit right is the offside call. Um I mean the offside call is debatably the most blown call in soccer and it gets blown both ways. Uh, perfectly valid goals that were called used to be called offside and um you know vice versa. But um But yeah, so I don't, I don't know. Um, We'll just, we'll just have to see what, what they do, but uh, you know, VAR in some ways has not been the panacea that a lot of people had hoped that it would be too, as far as getting things right in the game. And I agree with you that we'll adding this blue card in the attempt to Try to make things fair and make it right, and I'm sorry about the squeaky noise that's my future service dog Chester no uh, worries. he's got, he's he's got his toy, and he's just absolutely loving it, so apologize for the background
1: squeaking. Uh, it's no problem at all but you
2: know, but what do you what do you feel about it Alex?
1: Well, when I first saw it I, you know the fact of the matter is i the 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 fact that I I wasn't even notified for because usually you're the one that I, that usually kind of helps me keep up to date with what's going on or you inform me of news. I mean, either you or Josh, who unfortunately couldn't be with us today, sometimes our buddy up in Canada, David. You know, I was amazed that somehow, some way, like you know, I'm the one who sh- who actually informed. Well, I'm not sure about you, but Josh was not aware of it when I sent it to him. I he, he was pretty I, much he was basically as dumbfounded and perplexed as I as I was.
2: Yeah, I I first heard about it about a week ago, and I mean, I had heard about it, but yesterday, since I had a little time to kill during the interminable pregame for the Super Bowl, uh, I actually had a minute to actually look online and see what they were really wanting to try to accomplish with this blue card stuff. So, So like I said, I'd heard about it, but I informed myself a little bit more about it yesterday.
1: Yeah, because you know, I had to spend a, a, like time researching and under, understanding what this was all about, and I really couldn't do an episode like this on my own. Like I really needed at least another passionate and educated football fan like yourself, especially because you you you've seen many generations of the sport go through. I mean, you, know, you 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 saw the '80s, the '90s. I mean, you saw so many generations and styles of play. So like so from seeing the blue card, you know, in your perspective, you know, I think that's what that's what the audience of this program really needed to hear. Yeah,
2: and you know, people have done all kinds of different things to try to make the game more interesting or more fair or what have you. I mean, back in the days when I used to go to Minnesota Kicks games in the 70s of the old North American Soccer League. The North American Soccer League back then, they didn't do the offside call. <coughs> the rest of the world did. The, they actually had an offside line, almost, almost like something out of ice hockey at the 35-yard line was like the line. So uh, you could have been theoretically offside in the traditional sense of the rule, but as long as if it was before the 35-meter line, play went on. So it was the idea of the North American Soccer League to try to make more goals and uh make the play more open. I think all it did again was maybe confuse a lot of people but um, but that's that's kind of a classic example of of an experiment that they tried, and then when when the North American Soccer League died, that thirty five yard line. That went along with it. That never came back when uh, MLS
1: was born. You know, I never thought of this until now. You, you know how yellow cards and red cards are, are also basically like, like coaches, managers, I mean, even anybody on the, on, the, on the certain side, on the bench, can actually get that. So I wonder if the blue card also applies to managers. Well, I think they're going to have to decide what type what type of –
2: what type of foul or abuse that uh, a manager does? I mean, generally, when a, somebody on the bench is getting carded, most of the time they're using obscenities and they're directing verbal abuse at the referee.
1: Oh, yeah, and we've seen it.
2: So, you know, and, and that's something that I, I don't, don't really have a, a hard time with. Um, but yeah, um, but we'll, we'll just see what comes of this, of this blue card stuff. I just, uh, I just question that that's just going to be a whole new Pandora's box, uh, for officials. Um, I mean, to be honest with you, I'd really love to get the feedback from somebody who's a really top flight, uh football referee, like, you know, the guy who some people consider the goat of international referees, Pier Luigi Colina, the, the great Italian referee, would love to get his feedback on it. Um, because, I mean, he was, as far as I was concerned, he was the gold standard uh, as far as being an official.
1: De- definitely. I mean, for now, like, uh, I can't make my fi- – uh, as, as far as what do I think of it, I mean, look, at least there's a trial. And they're trying it right now with the lower, with the lower tiers uh, in England, as far as I know, I believe. That's, I, I, I thought, I'm sure I read that. If it, if it, do, if it doesn't – if a trial – if they do a trial with a top flight in the Premier League, if they, do, if they do a trial in the Premier League, they've got to do a trial for all the top flights in Europe. they even got to try it here in the U.S., but if overall it does not work, if there are doubts, or if there are too many concerns or unanswered questions, then they got to abandon it. Like they, if, if if it just if doesn't if it doesn't feel right, then you go, you you got to abandon it. You can't take it any further because if it doesn't feel right, it's not going to go well. If it well, doesn't go well in Europe, it can't go well here in the United States. It sure as hell won't go well in South America, or it won't go it won't go well anywhere. Yeah, no,
2: I just. I I think of the sometimes chaos when you watch a Copa-Libertadores match. Um, when, you know, it's just uh, those matches can be Jekyll and Hyde. You can see just some of the most brilliant players in the Copa-Libertadores Li- of uh, the South American Club Championship. And you'll you'll you just see stuff that would only happen in South America as far as um, foul play cynical play um attacks on officials you n- you name it um it's, i I would be really really curious to see how that would go in like the argentinian league or the Brazilian league as far as doing something like the blue card that would be really interesting but uh, but then again, I mean in the e p l I mean, let's face it, the, the the very, very top leagues in Europe are already pretty much international all-star leagues. I mean, you've got the best players from all continents that are playing in the EPL, that are playing in Spain, playing in Serie A, playing in the Bundesliga, a huge amount of international talent, talent plays in Ligue 1 in France. So, I mean, you're already going to be experimenting. I mean, it's ostensibly a European experiment, but you're going to be doing this European experiment with international players from all over the world. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all pans
1: out. It will, because I think that the funny thing is, I think what what inspired this was a couple of years ago in the Euro 2020 final, when uh, Giorgio Chiellini committed that funny foul I believe it was it was on Bukayo Saka you remember that you remember that particular foul yeah yeah I, I believe that's what kind of basically inspired this well I mean every every week if, if
2: you're watching any league anywhere you'll see these professional fouls where somebody's about to break free and have a clear goal scoring chance and they'll get tackled and I mean, we saw we saw some of that in the, the Africa Cup of Nations final. I mean, you saw a little bit of that both by Ivory Coast players, by Nigerian players too. No, no one was more guilty than the other. I mean, both sides did it at a couple different courses of the game.
1: Yeah. So, but for now, I'm I'm just basically sold on the fact is that I I can't make an official decision yet. We just have to wait and see how things go. But. As far as the trial goes, I'm all for it cuz we got to see it. We we, we got to see. We we can't just I can't just give a full opinion and, and not see how it goes, but but I understand why some people don't want to see it because there's again there's enough problems with with VAR, but but also there's problems with with pettiness. Again, these refs have all these players in their face, but we just got we just got to wait and see, really. Yeah.
2: Like I said, I rather than the blue cards, which is, again, I think it's an interesting premise, but I would much rather see uh, the different associations, the, the top reps with the leagues, giving the referees carte blanche to say, you know what? You got several players that are in your grill bitching and moaning about a call card. The lot of them.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, um, at a certain level, it's going to slow it down or stop it. Or, you know, if soccer will have the stones to try to follow the rugby example and just say, truly, the only person who could approach the official to question a call is the team captain.
1: Mm-hmm. That's the best way to go. Because, you know, the captain, because the captain's job is also to maintain law and order within within his or her teammates. So, yeah. Yeah, Although, and sometimes in rugby, you have the referee tell the captain to speak, you know, to, speak to your players. Yeah, and uh, if, you're, if you're
2: ever looking up on YouTube, because there's so many treasures on YouTube, but uh, there's a Welsh official named Nigel Owens, and Nigel Owens uh, was to rugby what Pier Luigi Colina was to soccer. Nigel, Nigel Owens, a Welsh referee, probably the probably the best referee I've seen in my lifetime um but if you look on YouTube there's these really classic exchanges because in the in the rugby games the the refs are miked up so um there's there's some really really interesting conversation that Nigel Owens is having with players and captains who are disagreeing with him and stuff so Uh, So I would invite your readers to look them up, uh, your listeners to look them up. Some of it's just priceless.
1: Definitely. Well, Steve, I think that we have basically covered every single one of the bases. And like I said, we'll just have to wait and see how things go. And when there's an official decision made, we'll definitely be back on the program to basically give a final diagnosis. It's a work in progress.
2: Everybody have a good rest of your week.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, you can find Into the Net FC anywhere you get your podcast. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell because I want to be sure that you won't be missing out on any exciting upcoming content. Thank you very much. Y'all have a good night. Steve, you have a good night as well, sir. Thank you, partner.